What's going on, guys? This is the Founder Hour podcast. I'm your co-host, Pat. This is Posh sipping on espresso. And we're hanging out with Robert Keith, co-founder of Horsenba. Horsenboo. Yeah, Horsenboos. Horsenboos. Yeah. With or uh, without the S. It's without the S. Yeah. We literally talked about this like two seconds ago, and I already butchered it. <laughs> yeah. So say, say it again. Horsenboo. 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 Yeah. Or Horsenboos. Horse and boo or horse and booze. You got that, guys? Uh, Robert, thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. Yeah. So, we usually like to kick things off like starting with, like, you know, the beginning, like, kind of, you know, where you're born, what you were kind of like as a kid. But right before we did this, you showed me something, which I really want to just talk about right now. And then we'll get back to it. Yeah. Which was um, a check that you received. Yeah. From Mr. and Mrs. Obama. Yeah. How did that whole thing? That was crazy come about that was crazy uh well a minute like i i think uh way back in the day let's say mm, when they were maybe like first or second year in uh we we got a call from a, a store um out in chicago i guess that they're that you know probably michelle frequented and and um and the lady had hit us up and said hey can you send out some stuff and i want to show my client and then oh cool who's your client she kind of oh well anyway it's you know not important blah, 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 blah. And i was like well, oh okay said, well now 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 i'm really intrigued it sounds fancy <laughs> yeah. who is this you know uh, well it's 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 for mrs obama and then i said wow okay cool yeah of course you can show her whatever you want I'm like that's awesome and so um we sent it out and i think they brought it because you know uh when you know, when they're in office you know you can't you know, spending money is kind of like a no-no, right? You don't yep. want to, you know, I don't think they want to ball out, right? right. When they're yeah, you to see like, a, like a buck Obama like rocking like a, yeah, a ring or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so uh, <clears throat> I don't know what happened, but it just, we didn't really hear much about it and this and that. And then over time we're like, wait, where's all that stuff that we put on memo? And I think it came back, maybe a couple pieces weren't there or whatever, but it was like, yeah, you know, it's like, it was for Michelle Obama. Anyway, where would she wear it? Hmm? Where would she wear it? Like, would she wear it? You know, like maybe to some kind of event or something, but, you know, not making a big deal out of it. Like I'm wearing like expensive this or that. Maybe, you know, it's just they were putting together outfits for her and, you know, keeping it low key how much stuff was. And they were just probably looking for cool stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, jewelry is funny, right? Unless somebody says, you know, that those earrings are, you know, $4 million. Nobody really knows. It's like art. Yeah, you just you don't know unless you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, then now uh, you know. Years later, they're out of office, and yeah. and uh, you know we rock, get, rocking we, rocking yeah, the jewelry, and we're and we're getting a we get an email. Yeah. Hi, I'm calling from you know I'm the assistant and looking for some stuff and and uh, huh. and we we're like wow cool and then uh, we sent out some um, some jewelry like a bunch of different pieces and. Um, you know, obviously checked and that they were who they say they were. <laughs> yeah, asking for this, and then then uh, they returned some other stuff, cash stuff, and then so my my uh, general manager, salesperson Tatiana, reached out and I said, "Hey, what whatever happened with that this time?" And she said, "Oh, they're keeping a couple pieces." And I said, "Wonderful, you know, yeah, a couple <laughs> of cha- couple of chains, yeah. yeah." And and I and then yeah, and then. And then I said, oh, cool. So she's going to take them. Right. Great. And then we obviously offered a 
nice VIP discount because <laughs> we appreciate that. That presidential and discount. That presidential it's discount. Only like four in the world right now. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, you know, and then that's the last I heard of it. And then one day I check the mailbox and I see this check in the mail, and it says, you know. M and B yeah. or B and M Obama on that little window. Yeah. And I'm just like, holy shit. There's no way. This is tight. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'm like, wow. That's crazy. And I don't know. I, you know, it's like I've received some pretty cool checks and interacted with some amazing people, but that one kind of felt like uh, the strange, I don't know why, but I kept, I, I know I, I made the joke instantly, like, you know, I changed you know, my family's DNA. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's that DNA yeah. changing moment. Like whatever I started, Obama <laughs> just put a stamp of approval on it and bought yeah, it. You know, just so when you deal dope. with like any, you know, presidential vibes, yeah. I think it's, yeah. Cause like you put presidential it into perspective. Vibes, I like that. Right. You put it <laughs> like into, it. You, like it. Yeah, you put it into perspective. Right. And uh, you know, I was talking to my dad and you know, he's, you know, he's puffing his trees, you know, yeah, man, Robbie, that's so cool. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. Right. Dad. He's like, yeah, you don't seem over the moon about it. And I said, well, I am. I said, I am. I'm, yeah. what, what, I mean, what am I going to do? Uh, what am I going to do? Yeah. And he goes, no, I'm just saying, you know, if, if you're down in LA where, um, you know, everything, n nothing's good enough. And it's like, next, 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 yeah. next. Everything's just like, you know, over, you know, sensationalized and, and everything's just like, okay, whatever, what's next, that kind of vibe. So, um, you know, he was like, if this was, if this was in a small town of any kind yeah. and anybody knew that you sold jewelry to, you know, you wouldn't be able to like go home or whatever yourself. you yeah. would have been a local hero, yeah. you know? And I was like, Oh, that's a cool way to look at it. Pop. You know? Yeah. Is there, is there anyone like besides Obama that I guess if they were to buy from you that maybe they haven't already where you would, you would be like jumping around and going crazy. Like, or is that just not your vibe? Hmm. <laughs> No, the, the way that this business has worked out, it's, it's been like a slow, organic, one amazing, sensational thing after yeah. the next. And, and, um, and uh, you know, it, it's, all, it's all come, you know, you, you kind of, you get prepped for it. Uh, I got prepped early with some stuff um, uh, just by, you know, being in Los Angeles as well. You kind of get a little desensitized. And, yeah, you know, for I, sure. I, you know, I was... I was in the entertainment business. I was a photographer, you know, stylist, this and that. And so I've been around a lot of uh, that kind of movers and shakers stuff. Yeah. And so you kind of, so, yeah. yeah so I kind of like, yeah, I was kind of. The starstruckness is just kind of yeah, thrown out the like, window at some point. Yeah. I was, I was kind of, well, I was blown away when that guy knocked on the door. That was pretty amazing. Damien Hurst. Mm. And that, you know, started when I started working with him. Um, I was blown away also by uh, when uh, the people from Barney's hit me up before. Let's say you sexy bastard. Did he write that? You sexy yeah, bastard? Yeah, yeah. It's basically five skateboards. Supreme boards, yeah. Su su supreme? Yeah, five supreme decks. And it says, Two Rob for Robert, you sexy bastard. Trust no one. On Trust no one. <laughs> that's amazing. And of course, that's my seat during conference calls. So everyone sees it. So everybody sees trust no one behind my head. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So let's take it back a little bit to yeah, kind of um, you know, kind of the early days of of Robert. Like what were you like as a kid? What were you what were you into? You know, what did you stay busy with? 
I was a, I was a, uh, I was definitely a skate rat. That was kind of like my, I think uh, the first, the first thing, uh, I was into, uh, as a, as a movement or as a genre or whatever you want to call it was, was like something you identified yourself. Yeah. With. Like you, yeah. you, you grew up in LA. I grew up in Northern California. Okay. So I come from a, my mom and dad are still cool with each other, but at the time, you know, they were into different things. Mm-hmm. Dad wanted to be a rock star, be a little bit more psychedelic, and my mom wanted a little bit more Ro- uh, Norman Rockwell house mm. vibe, and <laughs> and so you know, there was like, if, are you not wanting to do this thing over <laughs> here? You want to play music and tag chicks or what? Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, random. Well, there's that. No, you know what window. this is? This is. I let him. He's an old man. This this man right here. There's we're sitting next to a window. We're sitting in a conference room, and there's like this window, a security window. So you can see the shadow of the guy walking back and forth. I don't trip because I know who that is, and it's this this homeless guy, and he's been sleeping around here forever. But he's super respectful. He folds up his stuff. He one time I came out there and he I caught him and I saw him and I was yeah. like, oh hey man, what are you doing? And he was like. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. He's like, if you don't want me here, I'll go away. And I said, well, hold on. I go, what are you just sleeping here? Or what are you doing? And he was like, yeah, um, I've, it's like the only place I can find that you know nobody bothers me and stuff. I said, okay, look, just don't don't piss around here. Don't defecate. Pick up your stuff. Be clean. I will, sir. I'll respect it. I said, the minute you stop, you know, keeping it cool. I go, then we're going to have a problem. But other than that, do your thing. Do you need anything? I got him some water. And <laughs> yeah, he's totally cool. He cleans up now. He's like, he's yeah. cool. So like, Part I let team. him do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the neighbors aren't so keen on him, but I, yeah. I, I've told him like, <laughs> he's harmless and he's really yeah. like, he's really nice and he's older and what, you know, what's he going to do? Right. You can't yell at him, go get a job yeah, or yeah, anything. Yeah. He's like a bit older and stuff. So it's like, right. leave him alone. Um, yeah, sorry. You, so you were saying, um, kind of like your parents had different, different things they were into. Yeah. And, yeah. So how was that for you? Like as a kid, were you kind of yeah, like, so like, yeah, just, I looked for, you know, I looked for probably uh, a tribe and that tribe was like, you know, skate, you know, cause also I was, uh, I was a little odd for my jock NorCal, uh, neighborhood and, and school, like, you yeah. know, everybody was, you know, a little, I don't know. Just more, probably like, like normal is the. Did word. you feel like an outcast in school? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I was definitely like kind of a weirdo, and uh, and uh, you know I immediately oh I didn't know I didn't know this guy up the street this older dude who was a hairdresser I didn't know he was gay but he was super punk rock and he was my friend and so he I didn't know what gay was mm-hmm. he was never like a uh, you know. He didn't press anything on me. He was like, he just was like, he just liked me. Like he just, he liked me. I was a skater and he would just like, let me do your hair. So like, you know, I'm like, okay, he'd do my mom's hair and he'd make me look all, you know, he'd shave it, punk rock. And, you know, but I, what I learned and I didn't know what that was because I was so young, but he was super cool. Like, uh, and, and people would be like faggot and all this kind of stuff to him around northern california back in the day and he had steel toe boots and he would just run after their car and like just kick the door in and he was like you know kind yeah of yeah you can on the show yeah, yeah. please yeah. fuck you and all that kind of stuff and like you know he would just step to any kind of like uh you know rednecky type 
<laughs> dudes like trying to be disrespectful. And I used to just be like, wow, he didn't, he was just scary with a mohawk and earrings and, you know, um, and everybody's, you know, of course, tripping out. Why do you hang out with that guy? He's a fucking weirdos, faggot, like all this kind of stuff. And I'd be like, he's cool, but he had, had the we- all the weird music. He knew about, he had, had all, he had all the magazines from London fashion. And, you know, so like he really, you know, was like yeah. to me, like he was, everybody else was on the same mm-hmm. matrix yeah. and he was the freak. But I liked the freak. Yeah. Yeah. What, you know? what age is this around? I was only like probably 12, 13, 14, like this. And like then, in your early teens. And he was, yeah. And he was like 17 or 18 or 19 or whatever. And he lived with his mom. And, and then he had went to beauty school. And then, yeah. like, then he moved away or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Did you stay in NorCal this whole time or did you eventually? Ended yeah, up believing. Yeah, uh, left at, at uh, as soon as I could because the skate scene was in San Francisco, and at the bar in Barcadero was popping off with like all the pros, Tommy Guerrero, you'd see Mark Gonzalez, Christian Asoy, all my heroes from Thrasher Magazine. Mm-hmm. It would tell you about all the skate spots, and that's all you wanted to do. If it, it was every weekend, you know, you let's get to the city, let's get to the city and skate, and then it became like, okay, well, I guess. I can get out of school a little early here and I had a job and I got this opportunity to like get it, uh, to, to work for somebody in San Fran. And they were like, yeah, but can you do it? And I was like, yeah. And I, I lived in a weird little loft, like in the middle of the ghetto and like, it was crazy. And, uh, but I didn't care. I loved it. You know, like, did you think like, did you, was the plan to be a professional skater or I didn't know what I wanted to do. Really? Just I it? just wanted I just wanted something big. I just wanted to live. I just wanted to kind of, I never, I never felt comfortable. I always felt in my small town that there was like this big world out there, you know? And I just, I didn't want to roach in, in, and turn into nothing or just be, end up like all these other people Mm -hmm. around me that didn't really seem, they seemed like they just wanted to get intoxicated really. And kind of like, except like this hand, hand that would dealt to him kind of vibe and oh well i'm crazy rah, rah, rah. you know oh that's too much you know it's like how old are you bro like what do you mean you're done you're 30 what made you <laughs> yeah. what yeah. made you not want to accept it i mean was it something that you had seen was it your parents influence was it you know a certain person or was it just your vision of you know there's got to be more than just this shit yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just, there's this, yeah, because there was no internet, so you didn't, couldn't look to that. I think it was, I think it was being turned on to those, like, the music scene mm-hmm. that I was introduced to, and realized, like, trying, and listening to, like, you know, these odd bands, and then going to, the, like, going to a show on a weekend in San Francisco, and seeing this whole other culture and all these people that were all pierced out or going to like a, um, you know, something like a break dancing show or something like that. And seeing like all these people and I was young and I was like, who are all these people? And they're so, but what about them like appealed to you? Was it the fact that they seemed happy doing what they were doing and that they were like, kind yeah, of it was like their self expression, like it was on point, you yeah. know, they're, they were expressing themselves and it seems like, it seemed like they had a, counterculture 
attitude and like, you know, fuck the system, you yeah. know, fuck the establishment, you know, forget, you know, forget all this normal shit. It's like, you know, let's go, you know, let's. And to you, that was like the epitome of like being happy and successful in life was like living like that, like kind of like doing kind of what you were doing, like what you wanted to do and having that creative expression and not really, I, I don't know, working a nine to five or being, I don't yeah, know, boring. Just, yeah, just like, I mean, you know, ha- having, you know, a little bit older people that were kind of already way different and hardcore than, than what you'd been around your whole life, you know, tell you that it's okay to be a freak. I mean, you know, and, you know, like, no, it's cool to, like, you know, it's cool to skate, you know, like, it's cool to, like, shave your head. It's cool to, like, be punk. It's cool to be a, a white boy living in the ghetto, break dancing, and, like, you know, that's, all this stuff was, like, totally, it was the opposite. Like, the, the, the norms, the normal people would say. You're wasting your you time. Know, or, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know are you serious? This is, you know, you, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you acting like this? Why do you dress like that? Why do you, why do you think this is cool? You know, you're really getting yourself into a, you know, bad situation with these people. Yeah. And it was like, all those people ended up ruling the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. Now. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, as you started kind of, you know, getting older, you know, kind of getting towards your high school years. Did you get, did you go to high school or college or anything like that? Yeah. I, I, I barely finished high school. They, they let me out because they said I could um, get my credits. Hmm. And then I built a skateboard ramp in the back of my house and literally like my second night of night school uh, to get the two credits in. I could get them in anything I wanted. Oh, okay. They were like, you're all good. You just need well, two credits in anything. <laughs> you can come back and graduate with the class. Yeah. Second night of night school that I signed up for, I heard Randy Caton was coming over to skate my ramp with Rick Windsor. How did that happen? Just happen? And those guys were, those. and what's funny is those guys never ever made it. Like, they're not like Tony Hawk names yeah. or anything But like, like if you're like in, the, in the industry, but, you know But as a kid, no, but no, not even that. Just they were local skate legends. Yeah. And I'm a 17 year old kid, and you're coming over to my house right. to skate my ramp. Yeah. yeah. I, that's, I am that's not feeling. going to school tonight. Like, <laughs> you know, the this had cachet, yeah. you yeah. know? Like, yeah. So, so you yeah, barely so, graduated. So I barely squeaked by. I mean, I think, I think actually, I don't know how. I think I do have a diploma. But I'm not Somehow sure it's it. legit. I don't know. I think something happened. <laughs> I might have printed it out myself. So, I, I don't know. Remember. So I'm assuming you never went to college. Uh, no. Yeah. So what? I mean, what, what did you decide to do after high school? Just, just work. Yeah, well, just, I mean, and what is? Just, what are you working in? It, well, I was in San Francisco, and I and, and and the guy that hired me, he hired me to like just be his photo assistant for his. Uh, he had like a. You know, he shot models and he um, has some like talent scouting agency or something Mm -hmm. and on the side as well. So like everybody knew, like, if you want to get into the business, you go to this guy. He can shoot your pictures and he can place you with agents and stuff like this. He was like the kind of the man, but he had horrible style. I love him. But, you know, like and he taught me so much, but like he had horrible style. So when I started working for him, um, 
it was just like, hold the flag, learn to load the film, all this kind of stuff. The next thing you know, I'm like telling him, hey, uh, you know, you should have them wear this and wear that. You, you want to style them? Yeah. So then I started styling them. So then at, by the time I kind of like moved away to L.A., which is where I made my own card that said I was a photographer. Um, How old were you about my, at that point? <laughs> I don't know, like four years after that or so. Uh, but, but by that time, I mean, I was doing everything. Yeah. Right? Except for clicking the button, which, you know, there's a lot of that going on still. And, and was day. it something that you kind of just fell into or like, did you like, did you see yeah. yourself being like in that space for a long time? No, like, no, he had shot, he had shot this guy in Sacramento when I worked at a grocery store. That was my first job. I was a, a bag boy. Huh. Uh, when I was 16, he shot this guy and the stud dude at the grocery store, this guy, Gary, who, uh, you know, was always like, hey, guys, break room, you know, telling the stories about all the, no, this weekend was amazing. Man, you should see this one chick, bro. He was like that yeah. guy, yeah. literally that guy. We all know always that guy. bragging. <laughs> Dude, you guys have no idea, that kind of guy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and he was getting shot by this guy, and he had come to Sacramento I don't know if I forget, he had some business, he was scouting some people or something like this. Anyway, he's at the, at the grocery store and he had stopped by to give Gary some pictures or something like this. And he saw me and he was like, oh, hey, you know, like, what's your friend's name? And I, I told him and he's like, you know, I'm sure he was just trying to make money, but he was like, oh, have you ever, you know, thought about, you know, modeling or acting? You know, and I was like, oh, no. And I'm like, no, what? Gary's like all salty looking at me, you know, like, why are you asking him? I'm supposed to be the only one around here with game, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I said, yeah. So anyway, I just, I ended up fo like, you know, following up with it and going there, taking a trip to San Francisco, got shot by the dude, got these nice pictures. And then he's, he's like, well, you know, I didn't realize how short you were, <laughs> you know? And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, what about commercials? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. yeah, and so uh, I ended up meeting an agent, and he hooked me up. But anyway, in the interim of him trying to help me, yeah. you know, I he said, "Do you come to the city a lot?" I said, "Yeah," and he was he had just got you know he just had a, an assistant leave or something like that. I said, "I'm going to need to find a job if I was ever moving here." And he's like, "Hey, if you come here, you can you know I'll let you be my assistant." And he told me he pay it was some kind of like decent pay compared to like being a bag boy. Plus I get to live in the city mm -hmm. and yeah. all the shit. And I was like, let's go, you know? So everybody thought I was absolutely nuts to quit my job, bail my house and everything and just get to the city. But to me, it was like a chance to leave the nest and really penetrate the real world, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so throughout this time, like, you know, you're doing this thing and, do you have any idea like what path you're going down as far as like what you wanted to do eventually? Or was it kind of like you were just riding the wave and you like you came to L.A. Like what did what was the plan? Like what was the vision? Uh, the, well, the first vision for L.A., what happened was when I got those commercials and all that kind of stuff, yeah. they started telling me that I should start looking at um you know, the theater. And so that's where I, I went to a, a pretty nice um, uh, acting school in San Francisco. And that's where I learned about like, you know, Steve McQueen and yeah. James Dean, all that kind of stuff. And, and I started, wow, these guys are, you know, Brando. Wow. And like, I started looking into all that. And so I went down that road to, you know, like 
acting stuff because like I got my SAG card through doing mm-hmm. the commercials. First job was like a skate job for Reebok for the Olympics. Second job was like a Hidden Valley Ranch dressing. I mm-hmm. you know, I bit a carrot and like said, ah. <laughs> anyway, I'm like making yeah. money for one day of work. And I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. So if I can get serious about this. So then I came to LA and I thought, well, I'm going to support myself. How old but are you at this time? I'm just like, this is like, I mean, I must've been 20 something, you know? And I come to LA, new big city. My ex stepbrother was living, uh, down here going to law school. Mm. Um, and he had just moved down here and he was like, it's so rad down here and the whole thing. And yeah, yeah come down and I'll let you stay with me for a minute, but then you're going to have to get settled on your own. I got a small place and it was just, you know, it was just a free for all mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and you're like, Ellie's a place to be if I want to be in commercials and yeah, do the that's whole what they Hollywood were saying. thing. Like if you yeah. really want to like take this to the next level. Yeah. And then I came down here and I was doing photography. Um, you know, I, I had a kind of a cool little portfolio of just people that I had shot and I just went around to agencies and I, just know, hey, you know, if you need anybody test, test shots or whatever, I'll do two rolls for, you know, back then it was like 150 bucks for two rolls or three rolls for 200, whatever, um, includes processing, you keep the negatives. Yeah. And then I would just, you know, sometimes they'd call me and I'd be like, yeah, you know, and I'd get a shoot and I'd go shoot them. And so I started getting a nice little portfolio and kind of making the rounds and shooting people. I was able to support myself between that and, getting a few, uh, yeah, I did, I did like 50, I'd say, I'd say I did at least minimum 50 national commercials in my time Wow! as a spokesperson. And it was just kind of like, you wanted to just be creative and do your thing and and you just figured out a way to make, like you just hustled your way to make money. I just never really wanted a real job. Yeah. But I mean, the only other time I took a kind of like a real, real job was, um, you know, for two two short stints, uh, one was a waiter uh, on Third Street at, near my house. Are you really trying to make it in Hollywood if you're not a waiter? Like, right. That's like the, the way to go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's flexible hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, and then my friend was opening, this guy that I ended up meeting was opening a restaurant. And he was like, do you want to be the bartender? But that ended quickly. For my own selfish purposes, I'm curious. Him. When we say short stints, what are we talking about? Short stints? Is it three months, six months, one year, two uh, years? Where? Well, well, you were saying you had short stints in two different places. What? Like, like the being is weird. Is your definition of oh, oh. short stint? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, short stints was uh, yeah. They would. Yeah, I would say maybe the waiter job. I may. I might have lasted five or six months. And then the bartending job, I lasted about four months until yeah. I, I punched him and then I booked a movie. Nice. Um, yeah. Like literally? Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. He's my homie too. No, but there was this cute girl that was flirting with me and, yeah. and she would always come in and she was like yeah. super cute. And, you know, I was only dating somebody back then, somebody relatively new at the time. This girl kept coming in. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I wasn't in like this huge committed relationship or anything plus you're a stud you're in commercials come on and then i'm sitting there i'm the bartender and i'm like she's flirting coming in talking and uh she asked me if i could walk her to her car and i said yeah like you know it's all good so my homie's the manager i said hey bro uh i said i'm gonna walk her to the car real quick and then i'll be right back 
And he goes, uh, you can't do that. And I said, yeah, it's right around, right, you're right around the corner, right? Yeah. And then uh, Walker, and then uh, he says no. And he says, get, get, you got to get back, get over there in case somebody comes in. I said, it's slow. No one's around. I'll be right back. No, bro, seriously, take this job serious. Go over there. I'm like, dude. And I said, all right, then you walk her to the car, right? And he's like, fine. <laughs> and so he walks her to the car. I get a text or a call, whatever it was back then. And she Page. says, okay. and she says, uh, oh, you're not, you're not, you're not so cute after all. Your friend gave it away. Um, says you're already dating somebody. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is this guy doing? Like, are you serious? Yeah. What a piece of shit. Like, so he comes back in, you know. And he just punched him. He just punched no, him. and I just, yeah. And I just like gave him a gut shot and I just go boom in the stomach. <gasps> I grabbed him by the throat and I just put him up against the wall and I just said, hey, yeah. don't you ever do that shit again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, bro, what the fuck are you? I, what I do? Yeah. What I do? I said, man, I, I said, you, you know, that's, I, go, that is, I go, that is ruthless, bro. Like, yeah. you know, that is so. Girl wants me to walk her to a car and then. You tell me no, and then you go walk her and then say, I got a girlfriend, and make me sound like a scumbag. And then you, what, get try to get her number? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway. So that was that. That was luckily it. Luckily, the statute of limitations has now passed. <laughs> yes. So he can't, he can't do anything. So uh, He's my homie still. <laughs> he knows it was wrong. Uh, I love it. So that was, yeah, go ahead. So what happens after all of this? I mean, you're obviously on this journey of really kind of hustle and figuring out what you're doing and being mm. an actor and working these short jobs and you know is there something bigger you want to do is there do you want to eventually own your own company did you want to become a big time actor what was the goal in that moment in time yeah well i've you know i talk about it i've been talking about it a little bit lately um um it's been coming up and what happened was, you know, you guys, you can't see this uh, on the screen out there, but uh, I mean, in the in, in your spot, ears. Yeah. But check this out. So this is a uh, this is a picture right here of me uh, when I got hired to uh, play James Dean. That's you. In, I was going to say it's James yeah, Dean in the story of his <laughs> life. That's me as a. That's you as a young buck. Yeah. Wow. And so here I am in the Globe from. Here's the year. You see here, 1991, right? And here's the globe. The year before Pat and I were born, by the way. Look at that. <laughs> 2,000 hopefuls later, he's a split, splitting image. Newcomer Rob Keith stars in James Dean, the legend. They finally found the new James Dean, right? And there I am squinting, smoking a ciggy. Wow. That whole thing, right? So I got, this was like a huge thing for me. It was a movie? or This was a huge movie. Yeah. It's what ended up making James Franco, James Franco. You know, really, because it was the same people that kind of resurrected it after mine fell apart from like a weird murder and all this stuff with like this bad producer. And, you know, and uh, I was on hold forever. And, you know, I went back to his farm and I drove the tractor and shot baskets through his hoop, rode his motor, like did all this, like I'm a ghost. I did all this thing. I had a huge contract. I mean, I was going to, you know, I was like, like method, I, like I method. thought I was, you know, yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I've made, I've, I've made it. Like you're becoming an A-list actor. Like I came to L.A. Yeah. and this like, is what happened. Like I'm gonna be like Brando. This is, yeah, this yeah. is like, you know, 
I'm the, you know, I'm the next guy, I guess, you know, this is, wow, get prepared for stardom, you know, bleach your hair and get ready for stardom. (laughs) Anyway, so, uh, so I waited around for that for a long time um, to happen. And when it fell apart, um, it kind of like, it devastated me even, I mean, uh, I'd go to like some kind of audition or something and they'd be like, oh, uh, weren't you that guy that was going to do that one thing? You know, it was like, it was a real, it was a real weird, it's almost like, uh, there was also like a dark cloud that happened, like I think around me for that, like meaning, you know, I was associated with that ugly, weird project that fell apart. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, and I was off the market for so long. It was like, Oh, I don't know. And, you know Does that actually happen? Like, do they like write you off in Hollywood when like, and, like uh, it's like not, it wasn't I, your fault. You know like, what? It, it like could the, have been my perception too. I don't right. know. I was yeah. just so like, it was, a I was just so, beso- I mean, yeah. my ego, my dreams, my whole trajectory about what I identified with myself and who I was going to become and what it was going to be like, life was going to be like, I mean, it just got flipped, you mm-hmm. know? your family, your friends, everybody freaking out yeah. that you're going to be the next James Dean. Yeah. Walking around with blonde hair and people going, oh, my God, and, like, treating you already like, a, you know, I was signing autographs already some places. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Like, I was crazy, like, yeah. wow, you know? And so this, this all goes down, right? Meanwhile, I'm, I'm still an artist, Mm-hmm. underneath it all so i still got the photography stuff i'm still painting i mean did it, you not have like an agency like booking you deals at that time it was just you like you were no just no trying to I, figure... I had yeah i had an agent and, and stuff but like you weren't that. you weren't getting any opportunities like that you were like at least i would like men, mend I, it a little bit let me tell you something i probably i probably just had weird energy because yeah it was weird you go from something so big and it crumbles and you're walking on you know, you're yeah. walking on, you know, the, the, the top, top of the world. Of the world to like, and then yeah. you go, then it, you switch, and then it immediately switches to uh, some weird movie of the week with like a few lines. And you're, you know, you've got a room full of a hundred guys and you're like fighting, you know, just for, and, and it's like, and then you're wearing the, you know, the PTSD from what you just went yeah. through. And, you know, you're just, trying anything like you know yeah, get a job and it's like it was I, I think it was just all very weird energy yeah. and i was in the middle of it i had no idea who i was anymore how i felt i didn't know because it, it, it was everything before that was all aligned right the stars seemed aligned and then it's like no anyway uh so i guess so what did you take away from that like what did you like now looking back everything. like yeah, Everything. that was that kind of like a turning point. That is when I actually started to start to learn about life, mm. and yeah, I went on. You know, that's where that's where kind of like the real journey um, began mm-hmm. for me. Perfect. And, so let's talk about that. <laughs> um, now that we put all the past behind and we're starting from the beginning, what what was it that you learned from life, and you were like? this is the starting point, this is what I'm going to do. What, what was that like in your head? And what did you end up doing? Well, what I immediately, well, that wasn't immediate. It was, a, it, was a very, it was a slow drip. It was a slow drip into, until, into, if you mean to get it to like 
with HB yeah. and how that happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was a slow drip. But uh, uh, what happened was um, I, you know, it just started choking me out slowly. Um, it went from having decent opportunities. Then I slipped into commer- what I called at the time commercial hell, meaning uh, just could, you know, the, every day was like, you've got, you know, uh, you, you wouldn't find out till seven o'clock at night right. what your tomorrow was like. And it, it would be for a, you know, herpes commercial, uh, and then, and then Dweener Snitchell and then, and, and, and then an insurance company. And you're like, you know, God, man, you're like, yeah. I, you know, I, I kept looking, be a star. Yeah. I looked at myself as like a Broadway, you know, serious thespian. Yeah. I can imagine at that point you have like an identity crisis. You're like, well, who the fuck am I? Like, yeah, I'm going it's crazy. It's like I was, yeah, like supposed yeah, to do going this, crazy. but now. And uh, yeah. anyway, so then in the interim, you know, I had, uh, had a friend that, that already had kind of turned his back on Hollywood and he had been in some Sean Penn movies and had a TV show and he'd done good, but he just basically said, fuck Hollywood, fuck entertainment. And he was already moving on into the digital space and setting up like a, a, a little hub for, for all graphic designers and all this kind of stuff like this. And he's the one that said to me at one day, man, fuck acting, fuck all this shit, man. You, you know, like, I think you got style and I think you have crazy ideas that are way cooler than some of these people I'm starting to work for. And I'm doing work for everyone. I'm doing stuff for Gucci, Donna Karen, Pepsi, MTV, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you should, you should, you should think of something you want to do. And I said, well, let's, you know, a product or something, you know, and then you could stop relying on all these people, a million people to make decisions about your life and not knowing what you're doing each day. Why don't you try, you can still maintain being an artist, but like you could control your own destiny, you know? So you, and, so why jewelry? And that, yeah. And did, well, so, well, I had collected a lot of jewelry hmm. for the photo shoots uh, from estate sales and vintage shops, thrift stores, Indian reservations, flea markets, whatever. Um, I had a pretty interesting collection, and I kind of, I kind of always wondered how that, how the stuff was made, and why yeah. it was so valuable, and the whole thing. And it wasn't until, um, until I started. You know, my first thing was I'm going to do beanies. <laughs> beanies. I was like, yeah, let's make beanies. Anyway, so uh, I remember the beanies with the visors back in the day were like really. Oh in. man, those are really yeah. in. Oh yeah, I was gonna go there, uh, <laughs> and then you know run around town trying to make a beanie. I don't know. Anyway, one day I'm you know and this is how the story goes. It's not a this is not a news story. Anybody that's ever heard me uh, speak about how things happen, but I, literally I was at the, the at the art store to pick up some stuff, and I got some clay, and I made the first ring around a dowel rod. You know, and it was based on this uh, logo that my friend and I had made, uh, my friend Jason, and and we made it, and uh, I just did it twice. This is the first ring right here. Mm-hmm. This was the logo mm-hmm. twice, mm-hmm. and I kind of did it with clay loosely around like a dowel rod that I found and just messing around, and then I started wondering how to cast it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what led me to. And the idea was just like you're just going to design them all yourself, and it's, well, no, it was like just whatever. that one. That oh. would be one. I just wanted to make. This would be cool to make. It was a singular thought. Yeah, this would be cool to make. I made that one ring. 
or I went down and tried to get that ring made. And um, she said, you got to do it out of wax, not clay. And I said, what? And so she gave me a piece of wax. I said, okay, let me try. And this and this. And I took it back to her. I said, I can't get it to look like this. And she goes, you want me to help you? And I said, yeah. And she said, I'm a professional, so I can do it. How much? You know, 30 bucks. I'm like, why didn't you just say that in the beginning? Yeah. She said, you said you wanted to learn. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, respect. Okay, so here, <laughs> so I gave it to her. She made it look perfect. Yeah. She said, now, how do you want that? You want silver or gold? I said, cast it in gold. So she cast it in gold. Here it is. Uh, That's the literally. One? This is it. First one. And uh, literally, uh, you know, a few days later after I picked it up, I go to Starbucks, and this is how the story goes. I'm at Star. This is where the destinies, where where the universal frequencies like the stars actually and, align. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The metaphysics come in um, at Starbucks. At Starbucks. This is not no. a plug, by the way. Not an ad. <laughs> Starbucks has not paid us to say this. I hate Starbucks. But magic happens there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm there, and this lady with a Birkin. Excuse me. And I thought, well, me. I thought she kind of was cute, like hot cougar. I thought she was just kind of like hitting on on a player. <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, where'd you where'd you get that ring?" And I was like, "Oh, actually, I made it." She goes, "Wow, I thought it was vintage." I said, "Yeah." She goes, "That is really a cool ring. Can you make me one?" And I said, "Well." probably she goes how much would you charge for something like that now i had just looked at like cartier and other brands yeah. that, at that level tiffany and that kind of dior i mean yeah. um, ten thousand five yeah show par and i was looking at their prices yeah, right yeah. so i just go um in my mind i'm thinking my ring's better than their shit three grand at the time and gold was only like 300 an ounce yeah. or something back then and she's like great and i was like yeah. She was like, yeah, how do we do this? And I just freestyled and just saw straws sitting behind her. I grabbed a straw, tore off the paper, put it around her finger, licked it, snapped it off, put her number on the straw, because that's her finger size. And I said, I'll call you and I'll let you know when it's done. And she's like, great. And then we got our drinks and yeah. have a good day. So I'd like to know who this lady is because she has no idea. You still don't know her? I don't know who she is. So how did you get her the ring? Well, listen, I'm, I'm saying after the transaction. Got it. Got so it. I, yeah, so I, uh, I was too excited that this happened. To <laughs> and, and you said she it was a lady with a Birkin bag. Yeah. yeah At the yeah. time, did you recognize that it was a Birkin? <laughs> I think I did. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. By the way, what, I always keep asking what year it was, just to give us like like uh, a timeline and some perspective. How, what, what year was this around? Um, this had to be somewhere around. I mean, you know, I say uh, the the brand was established in two thousand and five. Okay. So officially, officially launched the business. Yeah. So it's a little kind of. It's around there. Two thousand four. Yeah, it's weird. It's somewhere in there. Got okay. it. Anyway. Perfect. Yeah. So somewhere in there. I, I make this ring for her. I, I call her up. I'm thinking, this ain't going to happen. Uh, but she answers and says, yeah, honey, let's meet at you know, Starbucks. I'm like, yeah, okay. I go down there. I'm like, here, you know, no good packaging. I just pull it out Starbucks. of her thing. And I just go, here you go. Right? And I hand her her ring and she puts it on. I love it. Thank you so much. Reaches in her bag, hands me an envelope of cash. Now, that envelope of cash at that time, that money yeah that would have taken me it was uh you know probably what like 20 
you know, over 2000 in profit or whatever it was. I mean, all the tooling and the gold mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it was cash. That would have, <laughs> that was, and it was cash. Yeah. That would have taken, I don't know how, like what, four or five photo shoots to earn that, um, multiple, multiple auditions, uh, callbacks, all that kind of stuff all around town, shoot the job, hope that it airs, then wait for the check taxes, agent, manager, whatever it is. Next thing you know, like that would have taken, it would have been a long road to get that money. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and right then and there, I'm sure you you like learn like business, like the the margins. Right. This is what it's all about. I go home (laughs) that night. I go home that night and, uh, that's my, my, it was the early days of my me and my wife living in Hollywood on Martell. And you were married yet? Yeah, time or no? let me think. I think yeah, I think she was pregnant, and we were we might have been married or getting thinking about it. Uh, and and I remember coming home and going, you know, look what I made today. Where'd you get that? You know, and I was like, that lady came through, told her the story. Oh my God, that's so fantastic! I was like. I can't believe it. And she's like, oh my God. And then she had something to do. She goes away. And so now I'm left alone and I'm all excited. And I had that Sylvester Stallone in Rocky mm-hmm. moment yeah. thing, uh, where he just pumps out the, the script real quick. Yeah. Same thing happened to me um, where I, my mind exploded. I had the, the light, you know, maybe I was smoking something good or something. I don't know what happened. You had a vision. I had I really did. Some and that vi- dream. I had an, uh, an insane and intense, very clear vision of what I wanted to make, what I wanted to do, what I was destined to be, all this stuff, all from this little transaction that happened. It shifted everything. I didn't, all of a sudden, I just didn't care about anything else. And I just saw all these shapes and I saw all this, and this wasn't even acid or mushrooms or anything. Yeah, yeah. This was just like real. And, you know. But did you have any idea like about the jewelry business, about building a brand, about building a business? You, you were just like. Nothing. If there's someone interested in my shit and one thing I that I created. From no, yeah, I went from knowing absolutely nothing to knowing probably more than anybody in about one year. Hmm. I mean, I, I literally, I didn't, I just I, like a laser beam. Okay. I wanted to know, you know, it's it's like that, you know, the old saying about like when the kids complaining about school and mm-hmm. school sucks. But like if you really want to learn something, yeah. It it wouldn't suck. Like put that kid in a class that the kid is interested in right. con- like they'll be the best right. in the class. Yeah. Right. I wanted to understand fine jewelry. I wanted to understand luxury brands. I wanted to understand the psychology behind them, the, mm-hmm. the, the symbolic meaning in, in our culture are, you know, um, you know, how's it all, how's it all function? Why, why do they exist? How did this happen? I just, I, I, I just tore the whole thing apart and mm-hmm. then had my own ideas about and did how it have I to do, do with it. jewelry itself or was it more like there's a business here like there's a there's a clear way for me to make a career doing what i like what i love is expressing my creativity and jewelry is the way to do it yeah I, or what yeah i i instinctually knew mm-hmm. that if if i could just make what 
Now, I was just, I was just obsessed about what, what, how, how am I going to make these things that I want to make? Mm-hmm. And then I figured the rest would fall into place, really. So is that what happened? Like that first year that you were like yeah, saying? I mean, we grew through the collapse of the economy. Yeah. You know, like. Which is pretty insane. I, st- I started this when everything fell apart. But 2005, right, literally right, right, right before it fell apart. Yeah, it all fell apart. Yeah. And I'm sitting here trying to, you know, everybody's looking at me like I'm insane. You, you know, it's interesting. So my dad's actually in the jewelry business. He's been in the, oh. it for 40 plus years. Yeah. But he's a manufacturer. So for him, during that time, he saw that because he was working more with like fashion jewelry, like brands, you know, not the luxury. So it's interesting because I feel like what happens when there is a recession or an economic downturn, those that are already in the luxury category stay there. You know, they have enough wealth that it doesn't affect them much. And so they don't change their lifestyle. So it's interesting to see that, you know, it impacted one side of the business for sure, especially with manufacturing where it all went to China and now I think it's slowly come back. But the luxury space wasn't really affected much. What did you learn during that time working with and dealing with folks that were more so in that luxury class as opposed to just the everyday consumer? Well, what I learned was exactly at the time I didn't know uh, what you just said. I didn't know that. uh, I didn't know both sides of that, like how you just explained that. But what I did learn in that time was I, I watched luxury companies now that i was studying them i watched them you know being you know slightly bulletproof i mean not completely right but i watched that and i i was turned on by that i i did think that that was a really interesting thing and right. then later on in life i don't know when it was but it was i think it was near uh 9-11. Yeah. Oh, wait, what is it? Are we getting close to 9-11? Well, we're recording this on 9-10, so by the time wow. it's released, it'll be past 9-11. Crazy. Um, yeah, so so the... Um, 2001. The, uh, the, uh, well, I, Tom Ford had said something to the effect of... I'm, 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 I'm mashing his words, but he said when the Twin Towers were hit, right, um, one of their stores in Manhattan received 45 calls or whatever it was that day about the new pleasant a peasant dress or blouse or whatever that they were selling that day and i thought that's pretty fucking insane yeah right that's insane yeah. buildings and the lives and yeah. chaos like the terrorism, entire world all this stuff the world is turning upside yeah. down and there's people out there actually going do you have that uh peasant dress or blouse and i'm like wow people give zero shits about anything other than luxury and fashion some people not everybody everybody's different but a lot of people are out there that are that deep into it to where the world could be burning and it's like you know Anyway, yeah, uh, I need you're, some. Yeah. I need some dope glasses. <laughs> yeah, but like, what was like, what was like your strategy to launching this thing? Like, you have all these big brands that are charging all this money for jewelry, and people are like have this affinity towards those brands and brand names. 
like I, you know it, it sounds like it was kind of like an ignorance is bliss thing where like you didn't you weren't even in the industry to even know about that and you were just like i'm just gonna fucking do this because people want to pay me for what i'm creating but did you have a strategy at all like was it like i'm gonna undercut the competition or like price wise or i'm gonna charge even more than them like to build a brand like how did you go about that whole thing no i i just thought that probably back then i my th- thinking was um if I make these amazing pieces of gold and diamond art and I sell it to um, the type of people that can obviously afford it, mm-hmm. um, I can earn enough money to not only survive, but it'll help me make the other pieces that I have in my mind, mm. you know, the other, because, right. you know, that's that the, would subsidize that, the, yeah. yeah. Like if, okay, so I could sell that, I can make enough money that'll help with rent or whatever. And that, but then I can take a little bit of money and now I can start building that other one. Cause it be, I became obsessed with making a collection. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, it's like uh, if an artist had unlimited canvases all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and could just paint or, you know. Like a few paintings would like pay for the artist doing like a bunch of paintings that they wanted to. Like if I could just sell three of these stupid paintings, you know, I could paint a hundred of them. Yeah. So that became the, 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 the thinking. Um, And clearly, I mean, clearly it's, it's a mega successful brand, but like (laughs) at what point did it start feeling like, like the ball's rolling and it's really going well. And I mean, was it like one or two purchases that you distinctly remember that was like, this is the, you know, this kind of validated that there's something here or, uh, it was, uh, no, I know exactly when, uh, and, and I have a little funny story. I wish Keth was here. Uh, cause he was, he was with me when it happened. Kether, Kether Parker, is which partner. is my brand director. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, who's now in New York? Yeah, <laughs> my homie. Anyway, he's uh, yeah. He, he he was there with me. So what happened was is we we got a call. Uh, this 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 girl uh, who worked with the with the Olsen sisters wore knew knew was somehow or whatever connected somehow had had some of my jewelry or bought some or whatever and then the girls the mary kate and ashley olsen liked the stuff and they said that stuff's cool can you you know we want to see it tell them you know to come to new york and uh stay at the mercer or something so we went out there we're like oh my god how much is that place going to be we looked up online it's like 650 a night back then we're like oh my god like how are we going to do this but we did it you know like everything i mean i've leveraged my house maxed out credit cards i've risked everything you know to to make this thing happen so there was nothing new but here comes a new crazy like cross-country risk fashion week the whole thing so we go over there we post up we're sitting around just you know trying to wait for a call but they had told us that a lot of people were coming through their showroom and that they would you know if they mentioned the joy they would tell us where we are and so Stores came by. They were like, "This is cool." You know, this store and that store, and but you know, like it was like kind of slow, and we were just sitting there. And I'm like, 
what are we doing? We're just racking up money, and then boom. Uh, hey, guys, Barney's New York wants to see your collection. And then we were like, wow. Yeah. They came over. That was the game changer because, you know, they walked in. They're like, we love it. We want it for all our stores. Gave us great terms. You know, Catherine and I are kicking ourselves. The next day, they had some other person come and pick all the different styles and this and that. And then, but can you like, are you able to pinpoint like why that was? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people making jewelry at the time. Like, what about it? Like, was it like just they like the aesthetic, they like the look? Like, was it more than that? Do you do you know, or it just happened? I mean, I had I had a, you know, I I had maybe. Well, first of all, there's not a lot of jewelry brands that were in that space, in that price point. But but not just that that weren't that uh, cohesive, and mm. and it didn't. It, it it's like uh, it didn't look like a collection. It was just kind of a bunch of different pieces. Mo- well, no, most people have like you know birds and butterflies and snake right, rings right. and it's like all this stuff. stuff yeah. yeah, it's like all this stuff. And my stuff was all really chunky and substantial, and it all kind of centered on the tri-link design mm. motif. So it was like links, and they stacked on each other. Are, is there any meaning to that? No, I mean it's it's literally you know the tri-link. No, I meant to the tri-link. Well, it's it's just our mark, you know, that's it, symbolizing strength, yeah. opulence, and you know, uh, what, you know what our motto is, you know. Uh, uh, What's the other word we use in there? God, it's been so long since I wrote it. But anyway, um, um, and yeah, strength, something, and continued opulence. But anyway, it's 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 our mark, and right. it's just duplicated. And it like if you look here, I had a small one. This is a big one. Then you go bigger, and then if you amplify the biggest link <laughs> here, it becomes that it's one. Right. And it just you know, and the way that I did it. And it's all laid out with diamonds and no diamonds, and then I did it with each color gold, rose, yellow, and gold, and white gold, and and then I had a silver option. So I had, you know, a low price point, and then it had it scaled, and they just and they all looked really right. cool next to each other, and they liked the branding, and they liked, and I had a few cool people. I think Snoop had some stuff, and. Nicolette Sheridan from the Desperate Housewives, which was hot at the time, and yeah. you know a couple other people. I mean, I've seen even recently, like I saw like on your guys' Instagram, like Taylor Swift wore it for like a cover of a, mag- a magazine, mm-hmm. or like Brad Pitt. Like, how do how does that happen? Like, how do like is it just like any other phenomenon where you know once you know these celebrities start wearing it, they just tell their friends about it and they buy it, or like was there was there something else that you guys did or like some sort of marketing campaign or strategy or something that no it, it got to that point I, I would say most of it is word of mouth yeah. and um and you know obviously uh what kind of like the one thing leads to another and it gets it just keeps getting a little bit more expansive uh as you know when barney's happened now that opens it up once you anchor right. yourself in barney's now it's a great legit. marketing tool yeah, so now it's legit. Yeah, right. and especially back then. I mean, not now. Poor place is bankrupt. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that was like if you're in Barney's, you've you've you're legitimate, and you're that's validation that this is a good brand, and you should right buy it right. And and then you know a lot of people starting to see it now. They get excited, uh, and then uh, the uh, other boutiques 
now international stores come in looking at what's in all these different places and you know and then it just starts you know feeding itself and getting bigger and bigger and bigger why the name Hmm? why the name horse and boo oh because because we wanted to pay homage to our ancestors and make up this amazing you know historical look basically at you know at 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 the whole thing we were tripping on at the time which was like you know they're bearers of knowledge and and uh you know what was on this ship and you know when you say I, it's not like ancestors. i did 23 and me or anything like <laughs> yeah. that but it was you said like, your personal ancestors or like, like yeah that's what i'm saying it's like yeah. dad yeah. you know yeah well you know i heard there was a keith that was a you know we're 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 semen son <laughs> you know like yeah. uh, you know dad what are we you know i told you you're a heinz 57 so yeah. you know, <laughs> you're a little bit of everything yeah yeah anyway so uh, yeah, so I was just kind of, I was kind of riffing on yeah. you know this, these tales, these, these family tales, and mixing it with like, uh, of what I knew would be also uh, an interesting way to kind of show uh, a little bit of old world or like I didn't want it to be like something. <laughs> I kind of wanted to create a. Uh, like a like a brand that seemed like it had been around for a long time. Yeah, you know, I wanted to have that vibe to it. Like, I didn't want you know, I didn't want it to look all new school. What was the feedback, and what is the feedback that you receive from people that purchase your products? They love it. <laughs> <laughs> but what about it? Do they love? I think they like. First of all, I think I think they like how substantial it is you know our stuff's pretty heavy i mean have you yeah. felt any of it oh yeah have you felt like feel how heavy like a, a ring is here oh, yeah. you know yeah it feels heavy oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah you know but yeah it feels like it's it's like real yeah yeah it yeah. doesn't feel like something you're gonna buy in a like, department yeah. store or something so you know it's not your everyday, but, I mean, it could be your everyday piece, but it's not like yeah. something you just go into like a Macy's find and buy and leave. It's, it's been 14 years, right? Like since you launched it, like over that course of time, like what's been like the, I don't know, biggest highlight of, of the business or the brand? Like what's something that you, besides Mr. and Mrs. Obama, <laughs> uh, buy, you know, buying the product, like has there been another moment where you're like, this is why I'm proud to do this or continue to do this? I think I think you know, I think I could I could illustrate a lot of um, mm, hype moments that came along the way, and I could say that. But I would say now in this yeah. moment of just you asking me that question, the first thing that comes to mind as the most amazing part of this journey is the part where you realize that. Uh, manifesting your own reality is not just a theory number one and you also realize that um you know you can uh you can you can dream up something and you can you know have a uh 
a vision of something and you can really get on some kind of laser beam and you can really do it. Mm-hmm. You can really accomplish so much if you get your mind right. And how that ends up creating this world that you live in, you know, when you sit and, and are able to reflect or meditate on life. Yeah. I would say the most amazing thing for me would be when I sit in a content state, like in my backyard, which I've made pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I've made it into it's a It's anything like your office, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I've made it into a wellness center, man. I got <laughs> the 33-degree ice bath. Oh, I've got man. the infrared, you know, uh, the eucalyptus steam room, the Japanese scrubbing I station. Next time, I wish we yeah, could I don't know why you guys didn't do this. I don't yeah, know. I mean, no one said I anything pa- about it. I think part <laughs> yeah. two might have to be there. Yeah. And, and mind you, it's... It's it's all low key. It's yeah, not like perfect. it's not like Caesar's Palace, yeah, yeah. all marble. Like it's like yeah, it's yeah. legit. You guys would love it. But anyway, the point is, is like I, you know, I spend a lot of time in 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 that space in my backyard. That's why I ended up over time making it into this. Is because I spend a lot of time in there. Mm-hmm. You know, contemplating, you know, life and 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 being grateful and you know. Uh, putting a lot of energy into into yeah. uh the phenomena right that let me ask, is, that let me ask you this. around on do you us. like at this point after 14 years and where the brand has come like do you feel content with not just the brand but like where you've come with your life or is there more that you want to accomplish and is there more are there more things that you're like i don't know just like really focused on trying yeah. to do no i mean if anything uh i am um, I've become a little a little bit more ambitious, maybe, um, and not necessarily uh, in a money way, mm-hmm. but I've become more ambitious. Like uh, I really, well, I learned that I can create. Right, like I said, I've learned right. clearly yeah. <laughs> that I can manifest. I've learned yeah. that I can have a dream and a vision, and apply these principles that I've adopted and make them work for me mm-hmm. um, and make something cool out of it. Right. Yeah. And Cause I, I'm sitting in it, I'm looking around and I'm like, yep, it's real. Right. We look at the check mm-hmm. from the Obamas. We're like, Oh yeah, it's real. It's real. Like all these things, this, this, this is not, yeah. this is not a joke. <laughs> this is, you know, and a lot of people think this is like really important or a big deal. And, Hey, maybe it is. Maybe it's just a, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's nothing. I mean, like my dad says, you know, here it's a, you know, how's your empire of dirt, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> you know, it's like let's stay humble and and but 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 it's real. Mm-hmm. And so, if anything, I've become a little bit more. Uh, I like I dare myself to 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 take on new challenges like. I'm doing with this other business right now, um, which is completely different from this. Okay. And it's just, uh, I'm not, I, I just, I've learned so much along the road that I, I just think that I can apply, you know, just by me being involved and applying what I know to this new venture. And I mean, I've navigated so much that yeah. 
I think you know you can do it. I think I can you, do it. Are you yeah. going to share what that venture is, or is it still? Oh no, under it's wraps? cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm doing this thing called Shaman Ramen. Okay. Oh, and it's ramen. the first. Yeah, it's the His first favorite my meal. Favorite. No, I, I actually, for the record, I haven't had normal ramen before, <laughs> like good ramen. No, so it's, the, it's always been. It's like, the world's first uh, adaptogenic superfood instant ramen. Oh, so it's something that you want to sell in stores? Like it's not like a restaurant, or is it? No, not a restaurant. It's it's a product. Oh yeah, you'll be on a plane and everybody will be coughing all yeah. over you, and they'll be like, "Sir, do you want this GMO infested?" Uh, like noodle cup of noodles pulverized yeah. piece of shit yeah. and you'll be like no thanks hot water please yeah. and you'll hand them your cup of shaman ramen and you will have a lit super nutritious amazing <laughs> meal with uh, really? immune boosting wow qualities is this like on sale now no not yet it's in the works no it's uh it's uh it's almost it's almost to market like okay yeah, you'll start. You'll see it coming up soon. End of this year or early next year? I hope so. God, we've been beating this thing to death, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's time. It's yeah. it's time. And um, yeah, I, when I, we walked in here, you were jamming with some buddies. I don't know if they're like your co, your you know, folks who work here. Oh just yeah, friends, they work but, here. <laughs> okay, you're just like, is that? I mean, what else besides like? I mean, when you're not working or you know working here or on the other business, like, is that you're just chilling playing? Yeah, playing drums and just hanging out. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> when winter comes, I like to go snowboarding. Uh, I just got into snowboarding like a few I'm years like, ago, and I love it. Yeah, it's so fun. I'm into I'm into you know the whole surf scene as well. Yeah. I still try my my son skates. Uh, he's getting really good. Um, I try to skate every once in a while with him. If anything, just go cruise around. I box. Um, what else do I do? You know, I, like most of the time I'm trying to walk to work. It's like a nice 25-minute walk no, not bad. instead of drive. Yeah. You know, I'll try to walk. Um, I do all this crazy wizard shit in my backyard, like with the, you know, balance ball and yeah. like push-ups and these weird hanging things. And I do all this stuff, Pilates. I do all these. I just, I'm like, I'm mostly into like wellness and all that kind of stuff and eating kind of pure and 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 uh keep trying to like now i'm on like no nightshades and like yeah. tom brady you know <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a big the brady greatest fan. Athlete of all time. right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man well it's, robert this has been an awesome conversation man thanks so much for doing this and it's awesome learning about your story and and yeah. how far you know Horse and boo you got it has come horse and boo, horse and boo has come <laughs> and, i mean it's gonna take me a little time but it's, i love the name uh this is awesome man thank you Got it. Thank you. Guys. <laughs>